0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zelensky Show. Today, I'm doing a teaching I'm calling Your Heart Condition. And I think this is going to be a very powerful show. We're going to do some deliverance prayer at the end of the program. I really believe this show is going to result in some incredible breakthrough. Think about this. Who has not had a broken heart? The heart gets really pounded. And you know what's amazing? Do you know how many scriptures there is on the heart? If you look in the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible, and that lists the primary words contained in the King James Version of the Bible, do you know what's funny? The brain is not mentioned once, whereas the heart is cited 826 times. That's a lot. And I really believe there's good reason for that. The condition of the heart, the heart being central, the centrality of the heart, as Pastor Monty calls it, First of all, let's look at Mark 12:30. And Jesus says here, thou shall love the Lord your God with all thy what? With all thy heart. With all your heart, that really means that we should love the Lord first, doesn't it? You know, we could talk about that probably all day. It's very hard if the mind will emotions is fragmented then it's hard to love the Lord with all your heart. Think about that. Jesus is saying those two commandments entirely fills the Old Testament law. So it's pretty important. You could say it's the greatest commandment, right? You know, think about that. If you have spirits of self-hatred, you're hard-hearted, etc., and your emotions are all bound up in that, you're probably not going to be a very loving neighbor. Remember, we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. Write the scripture down, 1 Samuel 6, 7. The Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, for the Lord seeth not as men seeth, for men look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. There is a lot in that verse right there, isn't there? God doesn't look at what you're wearing, how your hair looks, how much makeup you have on, He looks at the heart. So our heart needs to be pure and clean and open before the Lord. Proverbs 4.20. Again, I want people to write these scriptures down, and it's really important to look them up. I'm not going to read all of them. I'm going to give you kind of the list of real key scriptures, but I want you to look up some of these. Keep my word in the midst of thy heart. I like how the uh, Amplified says here, Watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. So we're supposed to guard our heart, aren't we? We're supposed to keep our heart. Think about another version here. Above all else, guard your heart carefully because your life flows from it. So you can really see here, the heart is really the wellspring of our life, isn't it? It's the essence of our existence. It's the center of our being, the fount of life. You know, it's interesting that if you look up these scriptures, out of the heart flow three different life forces. So essentially three different separate life forces flow out of the heart. A river, a fountain, and a well. Jesus used all three examples. Let's look at Psalm 119 verse 10. I'm looking this up in the King James Version here. It says, with my whole heart have I sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. It's one thing to have Bible scriptural head knowledge, isn't it? But until it works its way into our heart, it permeates our heart, then we really don't live by it. We don't choose to live by it until it resonates in our spirit. When you seek the Lord with all your entire heart, that is a commitment, a deep emotional giving of your heart to God. Let's take a look at Matthew 5.8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let's read Isaiah 29:13. "For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me." Matthew 12:34 says, "For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What we speak, is what's going on in our heart. So if you want to know what state your heart is, all we really have to do is listen to ourselves. That really shows us the area of our hearts that we have to work on with the Lord. Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of the heart. You know, when you buy a new gadget, it comes with an owner's manual and yeah, don't get me started on those, but it tells you how to operate it, right? And sort of we grab it and we kind of skim the manual, jam it in a drawer, right? Or if you're a man, you've never bothered to read it at all (laughs) because it's too tedious, right? And besides, we think we're smart enough to figure this thing out without reading the directions, but then we can't figure out why this stupid product doesn't work right. Maybe we need to go back and read the manual. And you know what? God has given us His Word as the manual for our life, for our salvation. It tells us all we need to know to walk with God and live wisely in light of eternity. But as we do with so many owner's manuals, we read it superficially. Their heart is not in it, or hardly at all, right? And then we wonder why the Christian life isn't working the way it's supposed to. We need to go back and read God's manual carefully asking God to give us wisdom and understanding. That's the revelation and the true knowledge of him. Because to know these important truths, we have to ask God to enlighten the eyes of our heart, don't we? Again, you know, Paul's describing to believers that to know these spiritual truths, God has to open our eyes. And I think sin blinds the eyes of unbelievers and it's like it renders them incapable of understanding the truth of the gospel unless God opens their blind eyes. Remember the scripture on because of the hardness of their heart. Because in uh, Ephesians 4.18, Paul describes unbelievers as being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart. There you go. There's a lot in that. I think the eyes of our hearts refer to our total inner person. That includes our intellect, our emotions, our will. As believers, we are always in need of the Holy Spirit to enlighten the eyes of our heart to the great truths of the Bible. The heart has a way of thinking and feeling. In fact, Solomon talked about thinking. Remember, Solomon was supposedly the wisest man that ever lived. Let's go to First Kings and read that 3.9. 1 Kings three 9. let's go there and read that. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? So right there, Solomon is asking for discernment. He's asking for a heart to judge thy people. See, even with great intellect and wisdom, what was Solomon asking God for? Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So in Ephesians, we have the eyes of the heart. Here in Hebrews, the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the Word of God is like a powerful mirror that reflects our thoughts and intents, our deep thoughts and intents of our heart. I remember listening to a couple pastors, and Joyce Meyer said this too, you need to just discount your emotions. You know what? i strongly disagree with that. That is totally incorrect, in my opinion. There's a reason that God gives us emotions. God made us emotional beings. If your emotions are saying something, it means to pay attention to them. You know, there's people that are so intelligent, and yet they're completely bound up in their emotions. And a lot of Men have this problem, too, because from the time they're young, they're taught to stifle their emotions, press them down, compartmentalize their emotions. And we need to really be in tune with our emotions. You know, think about when somebody says, you heartless person. Well, think about the term brain dead and heart dead. Well, we don't want to be dead in our heart. That's for sure. We understand with our heart. Matthew 13, 15. Understanding is an issue with your heart, not necessarily your brain. So these verses really show us the significance and the centrality of the heart. The heart is central, and it's such a connection to so many things. Remember the scripture, search The Lord with all your heart, and he will turn you away from captivity. That's a really important scripture when you want to be free, when you want to get deliverance. You know, sometimes God allows certain things so that we can be drawn back to him. And let's look at some of the ways the enemy attacks our heart. He can wound your heart. You can live your entire life just responding. This is like when somebody says, you know, this person is pushing my buttons. We all have certain buttons that people push, right? But if you get healed from those things, then that person can't push that button. Because if you get healed from that, there's going to be no reaction. So quite often what happens is we live our lives, we're wounded, and when somebody comes along and pokes that wound, that part of us that hasn't been healed, we react and usually respond back. And it's not usually a healthy response, is it? Guy cuts you off in traffic. What do you do? Roll down your window. You, you tell them where to go and how to get there. You give them some other hand gestures. You know, it's the same thing when you're in a marriage, when somebody says something and it deeply hurts and then somebody fires back and, you know, husband and wife, they know what buttons to push of each other. So, you know, you have two people here that love each other and yet they verbally send an arrow. They attack you. It wounds the heart. Verbally wounding each other, and it's just a back and forth, and it just compounds, doesn't it? Those wounds have to be healed, and then they're not an issue. The second thing is being fragmented. This is another area where the enemy operates. Hosea 10:2, their heart is divided. Other versions say their heart is faithless, their heart has wandered, their heart is false. The New International Version says it like this, Their heart is deceitful, and now they must bear their guilt. The devil can fragment people's mind, will, soul, and emotions. Think of your entirety, your entire being as a pizza pie with a slice here or two missing. So when you've been wounded deeply by boyfriends, girlfriends, spouse, parents, siblings, often it fragments our heart. And the devil takes great delight in that. Your heart can be hardened. I mentioned that before. That's where cold hearted comes from. It can be arrested. So that means you can be 40 years old and the heart is still like a child. It can be walled up. It can be smothered. Think of the walls of Jericho, 30 feet high and 30 feet thick. You wall up and you're not going to let anyone in there as a protection mechanism, not letting people in you're not going to allow somebody to hurt you again. So you form this protective hard heart, this wall around the heart. Your heart can be bound up by blocking emotions. You're just blocked. Your heart can be deceived. It can be destroyed through sin, adultery, fornication, etc. James talks about your heart being deceived. So the devil tries to do these things against our heart. Satan and his demons do everything and anything to capture the heart, to destroy it. When it comes to our heart, there is such a huge need for deliverance. Every single person needs deliverance on their heart condition. And there's a lot of factors that play into why your heart is in the condition that it's in. The heart needs to be cleansed. For example, if you have an embittered heart, you are carrying a lot of unforgiveness and bitterness. That's a huge one. That has so much effect on our hearts. You know, one of the areas we kind of avoid is the heart. But we need to look at our hearts. You know, there is a lot of generational stuff that afflicts us. But one of the biggest things, it's not just external stuff that torment us and rob us. It's internal It's the condition of our heart. The centrality of the heart is, this is really important. That's why we need to deal with the issues of our heart. It grieves God, the condition of the heart of man. We also see that in Genesis 5. Since Adam and Eve fell in the garden, man's heart has been defiled. It's unclean and it needs to be cleansed. And God can do that. Jeremiah 17 9 says the heart is deceitful. Above all things, and desperately wicked. I, the Lord, search the heart according to the fruit of his deeds. You know, our heart can deceive us. We think we want something, and yet a lot of times these things are not beneficial to us, the things that we want. So, how does the heart get restored? Well, one, by the healing of wounds. Psalm 51 17, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart. Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 109.22, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. A wounded heart. If anyone has ever hurt you emotionally, if you've ever had a broken heart, your heart was wounded. And sometimes the Holy Spirit brings that thing back up and we have to look at it and say, wow, that still hurts. I'm still wounded here in this area. And God says, yes, we're going to deal with that. We obviously can't get delivered on all things at once. And that goes back to why deliverance is, it's not a one and done. It really is a lifestyle. Deliverance is an ongoing thing. You know, I recently did a message on uh, Freemasonry. I had Randy Ritchie in the program and some guy posts this thing. Yep, I got all my deliverance. Back in 95, I got all my deliverance. No, that's incorrect. It's not a one-time event. There's layers and layers of stuff. And God doesn't just clean everything out in one shot. That's not how it works. God wants to heal our heart, those areas that are still wounded. And once he heals it, you'll remember the incident, but it's not going to be associated with the pain. You'll remember it, but it doesn't hurt anymore. We have to be healed of emotional wounds. You know, the scripture tells us to guard our heart. We have to protect our heart. Our heart is vulnerable, so we need to protect it and guard it. We're at war with the enemy, so he's constantly working to divide our heart, wound our heart, crush our heart. And that's why it's really important to take it to the Lord and say, Lord, I need healing in this area. Let God heal you. Let him heal those areas. And ask yourself, how is your heart before God? Because a lot of times people think, oh, God's holding out on me. And that's a huge thing, an area in the heart. We got to watch when we let something fester in the heart and we start getting bitterness towards God, anger towards God. I've been praying for that thing for so long and it hasn't come to pass. God's holding out on me. God could fix this situation if he wanted to. God could heal me if he wanted to. Well, yeah, that's right. And sometimes things are in God's timing. We're not in a patty cake baker's man club here. This isn't, you know, Sunday fun days. We're in a battle. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy wants to kill you. I know that's shocking, isn't it? He wants to destroy you. Kill, steal, and destroy. That's his modus operandus. It's a war where we're fighting back against the enemy and his arrows, right? Occasionally, we're going to take some hits. But the devil knows that with the heart being so important, that's why this is such a big issue where the heart needs to be restored. and that's why the enemy shoots at the heart often because it is so central. Ezekiel 36:26 a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart. I will give you a heart of flesh. This is what happened when the Holy Spirit comes in through salvation we become a new creature. We get a new heart. When we get a new heart, this is where we want to do God's will. We want to observe his word. Ezekiel is prophesying what will happen when we have God come into our heart. So lots of times, you know, the enemy, yes, is shooting at us. But at the same time, we have to look at areas where maybe we've hardened our heart against God. Have we closed off our heart to God? These are areas where the enemy can gain a foothold as well. It's very possible that God wants you to look at something in your heart. And this is where we need to be asking God continually. That's why the scripture talks about searching our heart. Ask God, you know, God, do I need to be looking at something here within my heart? God, is there an area here where you need to heal? Probably. Just say to the Lord, Lord, is there something in my heart that is hindering me? Is there something in my heart that I need cleansed of? Have I been harboring ill will? bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. Proverbs 17.3, the fining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the heart. So here we see God tries the heart. He sends afflictions so that we can see the state of our heart, so that God can separate and burn up all the dross. By allowing sorrows and temptations to assail us in order that we can come out of the trial as pure gold. God tests our heart. You're not going to get all of your heart restored at one time, but I believe you can get it in layers. God doesn't kick all your demons out at one shot. I think some of them remain so we can be tested and proved and to teach us how to war. Yeah, he could just supernaturally deliver us. But I think sometimes it's like he's saying, yeah, but you need to fight this. You're in a war here and you need to learn how to battle. You know, a lot of times it goes back to something I've said before. Lots of times we're waiting on God, but God is waiting on us. Don't forget he gave us the power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And that's a really, really important scripture. So if you're battling in an area, it's really good to get a good concordance and go to the scriptures and whatever you're battling, pull those scriptures opening on it and learn them. Whatever giants are in your promised land, it's important you learn how to fight. Sorrow and grief is another area that we have to watch as well. Obviously, all of us are going to experience sorrow and grief through the loss of loved ones, through certain circumstances in your life. Of course, we have loss and grief and pain and our heart is affected by this. And the scripture also talks about a rebellious heart. And that's where we really need to take this to the Lord and say, Lord, is there an area in my heart that needs to be dealt with? Prideful heart, rebellious heart. These are key areas. There's a really interesting scripture in Ezekiel 14:3. Let's read that. "Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their heart and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face." 1 John 5.21, 1 Corinthians 10.14, Colossians 3.5, they all talk about idolatry. And we know the scripture, what it says. We know the scripture strongly advises against following of idols. It's the first commandment, right? Do not be idolaters. Flee from idolatry. Keep yourself from idols. This is really good here in Colossians 3.5. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Isaiah 45 talks about who prayed to gods that cannot save. Idols out of wood, clinging to worthless idols, turning away from God's love for them. Jonah 2.8 talks about. Leviticus 19:4, "Do not turn to idols or make metal gods for yourself. Interesting Revelation 9:20, "They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Galatians 5, in verse 20, compares idolatry to witchcraft. And again, what's the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me." So, we have to really watch the things that we're making idols of because that can harden our heart as well. We've got to watch inordinate affections. Are our pets our idols? Is your car your idol? That beach house, that's become an idol. So, that's connected with the heart. Inordinate affections, we've got to watch that we're not idolizing things like our job. A person could be a boyfriend, girlfriend, where those things start taking priority over God. We've got to be very careful that our heart doesn't get hardened, which is linked in with inordinate affections because the heart gets fragmented that way. Our heart needs to not be fixed on those things that are temporary. Like people say, oh, that's my forever home. Oh, look at this incredible car. And if they lose it, they're just crushed. They're just, their life becomes so wrapped up in that one thing. It becomes an idol. And we've got to guard our heart from this. Worldly possessions come and go. You know, it reminds me of Matthew 16, 26. It's like the rich young ruler, right? What is it to gain the world and lose your soul? What things are you pursuing? What's become the idol of your heart? Storing up treasures on this earth can become an idol, folks. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart, right? Make Jesus Christ your treasure, not material things, folks. Acts 5.3 says something interesting. Peter challenges Ananias. What does Peter say to Ananias? How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you've lied to the Holy Spirit. So we see the enemy can afflict our heart. Demon spirits can afflict our heart. They use certain tactics to fill our heart. Ezekiel 11.21, "'But as for those whose heart walketh after the heart of their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their way upon their own heads,' saith the Lord God." So when your heart is turned towards, again, inordinate affections, This is where witchcrafts, idolatries, whoredoms can come in, right? That's why it's really important. You know, we've got to stay away from things like the occult, new age, witchcraft. Don't get your fortunes read. Don't go get your tea leaves read. Oh, let's see what day of the week is. I got to go read my horoscope. There's a lot of Christians that do this. We're to have nothing to do, remember, with prognosticators, incantations. What does it say in Leviticus 19.31? Do not turn to mediums. or spiritist, for your heart will be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. So we're not supposed to consult mediums or familiar spirits. Revelation 21.8, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars will be consigned to the lake of fire. Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 14, let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, engages in witchcraft, casts spells, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord because of these same detestable practices. The Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. The King James says, a charmer, a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, Or a necromancer, an enchanter, or a witch, or one who uses divination. All these things are an abomination unto the Lord. These things defile the heart. So that's really, really important scripture. So this just reinforces we've got to clean up the heart. The heart is a major area. A lot of deliverance ministers want to focus on external things. You know, I just talked recently about Freemasonry, generational curses. Yeah, that's external stuff, but we also have to internally be dealing with the heart because it's a major area. Yeah, there's a lot of other areas we need deliverance in, but the heart is one area where we need a lot of healing, a lot of deliverance. So we can't just be looking on things that afflict from the outside. We have to look at the inside. No one really likes to have their heart examined, but this is a really important area where we have to examine the heart. There's a great number of verses that talk about to err in the heart. And so again, the heart is central. The spirit of an afflicted or blocked or hardened heart, it'll block you from really understanding the things of God, being about the things of the Lord. There's a lot of things a hardened heart does. It really puts a barrier between us and God. You know, some people go to church once a week and they're there for an hour and they're out of there and then they don't think about God any other time during the week. Their heart has departed. We don't want to have a departed heart. Let's read Jeremiah 5.23, but this... This people hath a revolting and a rebellious heart. Wow. A stubborn heart. They have abandoned me and are gone entirely away from truth and righteousness. So, see how important the heart is, folks? So, it's not surprising there are so many scriptures because the heart is central. And that's why Psalm one thirty nine twenty four is so important. And see if there be any wicked way in me, Lord, and lead me in the way everlasting. Another version says, grievous way in my heart, rebellious heart again, because again, the 23rd chapter of Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You can clearly see how the heart is so important, isn't it? Think about the scripture, let not your heart be troubled. Our heart can be troubled. That ties into people that are anxious all the time, fearful, constantly worrying. Be anxious for nothing, right? We're not supposed to have a troubled heart. Anxiety, worry, stress, all those things afflict our heart. That thing that you're worrying about, is it going to matter in 5, 10 years? Is it going to matter eternally? We got to be about God's business. You know, we get so anxious and worked up about the things going on down here. We got to be heavenly minded. And that's where you got to say, Lord, I give this to you. And that's where faith comes in, right? Sometimes you got to say to your heart and brain, Peace be still, just like Jesus commanded the winds and the waves, right? Peace be still. Lay it down to Jesus. Whatever you're all wrapped up in with anxiety, stress, worry, Heart affliction, whatever your heart is tied up into, give it to God and let not our heart be troubled. So, tonight we want to do some prayer. We're going to do some deliverance prayer. We're going to deal with the heart. You can just come in agreement. These spirits that afflict, they go through the air, the breath, the pneuma. So, if you're yawning, perfectly normal, just come in agreement. Just take a deep breath and blow it out, folks, and we'll come in agreement on this. Father, tonight we repent for anywhere where we've not given you our full heart. Father, we repent for anything incorrectly that we've applied our heart to. We ask you to forgive us for giving our heart to strange, inordinate things, idols, having a rebellious heart, Lord, where the scripture says the unclean heart. We also ask you, Father, to clean our hearts up tonight, Lord. Father, you have promised us a new heart and you've promised to take out of us a stony heart. Father, today we give you our heart. Father, I pray for the people listening that you will restore the hearts of your people today. Refresh our hearts. Heal our hearts, Lord. Heal the fragmented parts of our hearts. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask right now for angels to go and gather all the fragmented parts of people's hearts and bring them back in the name of Jesus. And even our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, bring them back and put them back together in Jesus' name. And right now we cut off any ungodly soul ties, evil soul ties. We break the power of all evil soul ties in Jesus' mighty name. With people, places, things in Jesus' name. We call our heart and soul back from all Idol worship, iniquity, witchcrafts and whoredoms, Father, right now in Jesus' name. I come against all the spirits that have come in the heart. I command you to manifest and come out now. Come out of God's people in the name and by the shed blood of Jesus. You manifest and come out of the people now. Let's go up and out. Move angels. Come in and tear these things out with grappling hooks. Angels, pull them out of the people of God right now in Jesus' name. All spirits of hardness of heart. Go now in Jesus' name. Up and out. All spirits of lust, inordinate affection, go now. Spirits of alcohol and addiction, get out now in Jesus' name. All the harsh words, evil judgments, words spoken, curses that are being spoken over your people right now. Father, I break that off them and I command all those spirits to manifest and come out now. Let's go move. Spirits of pride and rebellion, you go in Jesus' name. Spirits of sorrow, grief, let's go move. Prolonged sadness, just can't get over that broken heart. I break your power and command you to manifest and come out. Let's go move. Up and out of the people now. Let's go. Angels, pull them out. Pain, suffering, sorrow, depression, let's go, move. Everything in the heart that is not supposed to be there, come out now in Jesus' name. All you demons that have the heart bound up, manifest and come out. You go in Jesus' name. I give you leave, all you familiar spirits that are tormenting the people. Get out now. Spirits of the broken heart, hard-heartedness, cold-heartedness, get out now in Jesus' name. The spirit of the mean man just can't seem to love anybody or be loved or feel love. You go in Jesus' name. The spirit of rejection, self-consciousness, self-loathing. Move out. Let's go. Come on. Move. All the way out of the heart, let's go. All you demons that have that heart bound up, let's go. Move. Bound emotions, bound up in the heart, move. Come on, you demons, go. Manifest and come out. Pain in the heart, let's go. Move. Loss and grief, let's go. Move. Deep-rooted sorrow, you come out of the people now. Let's go. Loose them. Let the Lord come in there and heal your hearts right now, folks. Any and all wrong relationships that have damaged the heart, all heart damage, I command you to go now. Again, brokenheartedness, you get out of the people now. All the fragmented heart, fragmented mind, will, and emotions, fragmented soul, you move in Jesus' name. Any and all things that have destroyed your heart, I command you to go. All you spirits that have been complicit in destroying the people of God's heart, you get out of them now in Jesus' name. Relationships of heartbreak, go. All you spirits, you loose them and let them go in Jesus' name. All spirits that came in through wrong relationships, fornication, adultery, lasciviousness. Come on, manifest and come out of the people now. Let's go move. Come out of their blood. Come out of the DNA. Come out of the cells. There's billions of cells in the body. Take a deep breath and let it out. In Jesus' name. Angels, pull all those things out. Spirits of doubt and unbelief manifest and come out of God's people now. Mistrust, distrust, go in Jesus' name. Come on out. Angels just take a sword to that barrier they've put up, that wall they've put up around their hearts. We smash those things in Jesus' name. I can't trust anyone. I can't trust God. All you demons that torment God's people with that, you come out of the people now in Jesus' name. I prayed for something and God didn't come through. All that bitterness and distrust, we break your power and command you to go. Manifest and come out of God's people now in Jesus' name. I just stopped praying to God because he didn't answer one time. Come on, let's go move. Doubt in the heart, come out in Jesus' name. Why bother praying? I prayed before and nothing ever happens. I break your power and command you to manifest and come out of God's people. Let's go move. Take a deep breath. Blow it out. Move. All that doubt and fatalism and I give up. In Jesus' name, you move. Manifest and come out. Come on, demons. You move out of the heart. Let's go move. Lord, restore the heart. Restore the soul. Restore bound up emotions in Jesus' name. All bound up in their heart. Come on, all those bondages, leave. Come on, you go in Jesus' name. Come on, all the walls around the heart, let's go. Not going to let anybody in. I'm not going to get hurt anymore. That's why I love my dog. <laughs> I'm not going to open up. I'm not going to get close to people. Come on, you go now in Jesus' name. Hard-heartedness, go now. Arrested development, heart of a child, go in Jesus' name. Come on, manifest and come out. Move. Move all spirits of self, just self-indulgent, self-centered. Let's go move. Come on, all blocked emotions. Move out. Let's go demons. Manifest and go. Disappointment. Come on, you go too. My life isn't going according to plan. I'm disappointed with how my life has gone. I'm disappointed with the people in my life. I'm disappointed in church. I'm disappointed in God. I'm disappointed in my kids. I'm disappointed in my spouse. Come on. Come on, you demons. Manifest and come out of the people now. Let's go. Let's go. Move. Come on, all that disappointment. Move in Jesus' name. All you demons that steal their peace and joy. Move. Come on, you demons. Move. Manifest and come out of God's people no joy in the lord come out demons let's go robbing them of their happiness let's go move breathe them out tell them to go let's go move things that pull the heart always trying to get you off track let's go move up and out pride of life love of the world care of the world let's go move lust of the eyes lust of the flesh move manifest and come out in jesus name everything that has captured our heart you move in jesus name all bitterness go let's go in jesus name they hurt me I'm not going to forget it. No, come on. All you demons manifest and go right now in Jesus' name. Embittered, unforgiveness. Let's go. Get out of the heart. Let's go. Move in Jesus' name. Lord, expose every area that we need to deal with. Anything that's in the heart that doesn't belong there. Supernaturally cleanse that. Cleanse our hearts, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Father, there's people out there that haven't shed a tear in 20, 30 years. All that bound emotions cleanse their heart right now in Jesus' name. Heal their heart, Lord. Restore their heart, Lord. All the anger that's in their heart. Come on, you demons. You go. Angels, pull them out. Walking around with a chip on their shoulders. Move. Move. Angry at everybody, everything. Angry at God. Move. Up and out. Let's go. All that deep-seated anger, rage, bound up emotions. Let's go. Come on, you demons. Let's go. Move. The threefold fold of bitterness, resentment, and anger. Let's go. Move. Come on, you demons. Manifest and come out. Take a deep breath. Blow it out. Impatience. All that impatience. Up and out. Move frustration. Let's go. Come on, all you spirits keep coming out of the heart. Let's go. Everything that's lodged in the heart and defiles it, you go in Jesus' name. Come on, in the name of Jesus, you go. And Lord, we ask that you would examine our heart today in Jesus' name. Show us if there be any wicked way in us, Lord. Father, unless you show us, it goes right past us. So shine the light on those things right now in our heart in Jesus' name. And help us to properly guard our heart, Lord. Father, heal their hearts right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you thanks now for what you're doing in the hearts of the people right now. Heal their hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. I give you thanks, praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope you were blessed by today's program. I want to hear from you. So up on your screen, my contact information is there. Go to SheilaZelinski.com. Go to the contact form. I want to hear from you. You should notice that a tremendous difference as you continue to get deliverance. I thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast. Good night and God bless you.